0: God, we ask that you would bless uh, this service, bless this time of reading your word. And God, we ask that you would use it to help us see in our lives all the great things that you've done and see how we can relay those things to other people. God, we love you, we praise you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So I mentioned we're going to talk about a testimony, right? But what is a testimony? Well, it's a personal story, right? It's a personal story. It's when you testify to something, uh, you're simply telling the story of what you've seen, what you saw, what you have experienced. It's your account of the order of events. And there's several kinds of testimonies that folks can give. even within the the Christian realm of things. First is your life story, right? You can give your life story. This is where you're from, what kind of things you were into when you were a kid, what's happened in your life, basically how you got from birth to today, right? That's a life story, which can be nice and good and interesting. The second type of testimony there is, is not just a life story, but it's a God story. It's a God story. It's a story about something God has done in your life that's impacted you. Maybe um, you might have overcome a sickness and God gave you healing. Maybe you broke an addiction that was in your life. Maybe you've recovered financially from a big mistake or a big downfall. Maybe it's a new direction that God gave you, like a job or a place to move or a call to ministry. And you can even give a testimony about how God painted a pretty uh, sunset on your way home from work and how that encouraged you that God is the creator and maker. There's lots of kind of God stories, God testimonies of some God doing something in your life. But there's a third type of testimony that I want to focus on today. It's not just your life story. It's not just God doing something Great in your life, it is your Christ story. It's not your story, it's not a God story, it's your Christ story. This is the story of how you became a Christian. You might ask, well, what's the difference, right? Isn't Jesus God? Yes, Jesus is absolutely God, but God did something specific in Christ, in history. He brought salvation to humanity. Therefore, your Christ story is about God doing something specific in your life, specifically of how you became a Christian. There's lots of ways to, to describe this Christ story. It's how you got saved. It's how you were converted. It's how you went from being God's enemy to being God's friend. How you went from being on the road to hell and eternal damnation to being on the road to heaven and everlasting life. It's simply put, it's how you became a Christian. How you went from being a non-Christian to being a Christian. And this is different than the uh, generic God story or your generic life story. So there's two things I want, to wa- want you to walk away uh, from this morning with. Is Number one, I want you to know how to have a testimony. And second, I want you to know how to share a testimony. How to have a testimony, how to know you have a testimony, and how to share a testimony. So with all that being said, let's look at Acts chapter 22. And we're going to pick up in verse three. This is when Paul um, was sharing the gospel in different areas um, in in his region. Uh, And he got arrested and he was being brought before before the magistrates by a mob. And he, in order to share his story, to tell them what's going on, he hushes the crowd. He actually speaks to this crowd in their native language so that they calm and they're like, hey, He's speaking our language and he tells them this story. And he's in this story. We're going to see the shape of a testimony. We're not going to read all these verses all at once. We're going to read them kind of chunk by chunk. Okay, so let's read verses three through five. This is Paul's life before Christ. Verse three says this. I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel. According to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison those uh, both men and women as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear witness, uh, bear me witness. From then I received a letter Uh, Letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. So this is Paul's description of his life before Christ. He gives a little bit of a history that connects to the people. He said, "Guys, I'm from this. I'm from this town. Like I was, I was uh, studying under Gamaliel, like probably a prominent person in that community. I was zealous for God, just like you." He's making a connection. He's telling his history, and he's also telling his behavior. He said, I used to persecute this way. When it says the way, that's talking about Christianity, um, this new movement that had been started by Christ. And Paul, in his life before Christ, he's speaking of his personality and his behavior, what he used to be like before Christ. And his behavior was this. He was zealous for God. He In his mind, he was loving God and doing what was right in God's eyes. That's what Paul thought he was doing, which this is a little bit of a side note from what we're talking about here. But that's that's honestly a scary thing that Paul thought that he was serving the Lord perfectly. How many people have sat in church for their whole lives, thought they were serving God, but really they were just as lost as Paul was. That should be terrifying to us and help us Step back and think, I need to self-reflect in this moment. So Paul, before, he was zealous for God. He thought he was living for God, but he really was persecuting God. He was persecuting the church um, and the churches whom whom Jesus identified with. So Paul is is fighting against against this Christianity, um, taking people and literally taking their lives and watching them die. So this was Paul's life before Christ. So all of our testimony should start with that picture. What was our life like before Christ? Now, Paul goes from talking about how he was fighting against God and persecuting other Christians. Then he talks about how he met Christ. So let's look at that. Pick up uh, in verse 6. We're going to read down through verse 16. Paul says this. Now, as I was on my way and drew near to Damascus... At noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Interesting, right? That Jesus says to Saul, who's persecuting the church, Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? See how closely Jesus identifies with his church. Verse eight, and I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me who were with me saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, "What shall I do, Lord?" And the Lord said to me, "Rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do." And since I could not see because of the light, the brightness of the light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear the voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So now Paul recounts his experience of how he came to know Christ. How he came to know Christ, right? He described what my life was like before. And this is how I met Jesus, What's interesting in this story is, remember, Paul wasn't looking for Christ, right? Paul was not on his way uh, searching for the truth about Jesus. He was persecuting Jesus as he was persecuting his church. So Paul wasn't looking for Christ, but Christ came looking for Paul. Paul, Christ interrupted Paul's life, um, Shine a light, uh, brighten his eyes, blinded him. Now, this was a miraculous experience that we don't see this happen in, in most of our lives, right? But this was Paul's experience, and he made this experience public, right? He had this, uh, this amazing encounter with Christ. Then, right after that, he did what every Christian has done since the time of Christ, which is be baptized and make that proclamation of his faith public, right? Um, and that's why Ananias says, why are you wait? Be baptized and wash away your sins. Now that being baptized and washing away of sins being closely tied together, there it's nuanced out in other parts of the Bible. But suffice it to say, in the Book of Acts, being a, becoming a Christian and getting baptized are very closely tied. We know those are two different events, right? Uh, spiritually, but in the Bible, in, in the Book of Acts, they're very closely tied. So Paul. After he has this miraculous encounter of how he became a Christian or how he came to know Christ, he's soon after baptized, right? And he recounts that very day. He doesn't in this, in this, in this uh, story, he doesn't give us the date, right? But he knew the event. He knew when it happened. He knew there was, there was a moment when I didn't believe in Jesus. And now, there, now there's a time where I do believe in Jesus. So Paul finishes out his story. Um, so far, we've seen Paul's life before Christ, how Paul met Christ, and now third, Paul's life after Christ. Pick up in verse 17. When I had returned to Jerusalem and I was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and I saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that, I, that in one synagogue after another, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So at the end here, we get Paul describing what his life was like after Jesus, right? And in one sense, he's recognizing his unworthiness to be Christ's witness. He says, I was, I was killing the people of the church. As a matter of fact, specifically, I stood and watched over, I, I made sure all the coats and cloaks were good while the people were stoning Stephen, your witness. He recognizes his unworthiness to be a Christian, but he also receives this direction from the Lord. And what is that direction? God told, Christ told Paul in this moment, go, I'm gonna send you to the Gentiles. I'm not gonna send you to the, to the Jews, I'm gonna send you to the Gentiles. Paul acknowledges hey, this is a call that's happening in my life and God is working in my life to reach Gentiles. So this is the shape of a testimony that we see in the Bible. What your life was like before Jesus, how you met Jesus, and now what your life looks like after having met Jesus. Now that's the shape of a testimony. Now let's talk about shaping your testimony. As you sit here today, um, you should have that same shape to your life. There should be a before Christ, how you met Christ, and what your life is like after Christ. Think of your life before Christ. In what ways was your life in opposition to God? In what ways was your life in opposition to God? What kind of sins did you battle before becoming a Christian? What was your mindset? What was your attitude going into things? What kind of goals did you have? What kind of things did you value? Where did you derive your meaning and your purpose before Christ? You see, Paul was looking back at his life and he saw um, he was a really zealous religious person, but he was persecuting God. He's acknowledging those things in his life in which he was opposed to God, opposed to God. And as I... For me personally, as I look back on my testimony in my life before Christ, um, I was a young kid. I really didn't have that testimony of um, being out and partying. That was never my kind of thing. Just see, seeing the things that I'd seen as a kid, that was, just, that was not something that never interested me. But I was, in some sense, similar to Paul, and I was kind of religiously zealous before I was a Christian, right? I loved coming to church. Many of you who know me from back in the day, um, I've... I went through my life, and I or went through Sunday school. I didn't miss Sunday school for years and years, and that started before I was a Christian. Um, for some reason, I just loved going to church and seeing those little stars on the wall of how perfect and good I was. I loved to see that, right? That just spoke to my little pharisaical heart. Um, but I realize now, looking back on that, that was self-righteousness that I was battling. That was me thinking I could make my, build my way to heaven. Now, I wouldn't have said it that way as an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, but that's what I was doing, thinking I can be good enough to make it to heaven. And all you people are going to notice that I'm good enough to make it to heaven. That's what, that's what drove me before Christ. And you can see that's not, I was a partier or whatever, but that was a serious sin that would keep me from heaven. That was a serious sin that blasphemed the name of God. Right? So acknowledge in your life. Look back in your life. What are some areas in which you, where did you derive your value, your meaning? What sins did you battle? Uh, and you can describe those of what your life was like before Jesus. And know this, whatever sins you you battled with, whatever sins you struggled with, whatever um, uh, Um, ungodly attitudes and goals you had, somebody out there is gonna identify with those in some way. You're gonna meet somebody on their level when you tell that. So look at your life before Christ. Now, think about how you met Christ. What do we mean by this? What I mean by this is when did you hear the gospel message and believe it for the first time? When did you hear the gospel message and believe it for the first time. For those of you who grew up in church, maybe you're like, dude, I went from the the hospital nursery to the church nursery. There's never been a moment where I didn't know the Bible stories and didn't believe in God, right? Maybe you think that, Um, but think for you, think about when did your faith become yours and not your parents, When did your faith become yours and not your mentors or those leaders in the church? When did you feel actual sorrow for your sin? When did you realize that you needed to be forgiven for that sin? When did you realize you needed to depend on Christ for salvation? And how did that happen? How did that come about? Think of that moment. The beautiful thing is each and every single one of us are going to have a different experience of believing in the same Christ, right? The Christ is the same. Jesus is the same. He's the same Savior, but each of us have a different experience. Some of us got saved in Sunday school. Some of us at vacation Bible school. Some of us at church camp. Some of us um, at a Billy Billy Graham crusade. Some of us... You're reading a track um, at McDonald 's, you just found a Bible and you read what whatever that story is there's some kind of unique story that you have and how you became a Christian now don't get too caught up in dates and times, okay um, we can really do that um, I cannot tell you the date or the time where I put my faith in jesus I, can, I cannot find that on the map, but I can get pretty darn close. Because it was an era in my life. I, I know the event where it happened. It was at Vacation Bible School. Um, it was probably the Wednesday or Thursday when the pastor comes and shares Christ. It was back in uh, this room. There's a there's a room back there. can't really see where I'm pointing. But there's a room back there. It's not really used for much now other than storage. But they brought all like the fifth graders. Or th- third, fourth, fifth graders. I don't remember what grade I was in. They brought us all in there. And the pastor shared... Uh, uh, The gospel with us. And I can remember, um, he had this illustration. Um, and I can just remember it vividly. And I remember him talking about no one can please God on their own. And remember that kind of language would strike me to the heart where what I can't make God happy getting those gold stars on the wall. Like that's not going to please God. That spoke to my heart. And I can remember realizing, man, I'm not good enough. I need Jesus. That's when, that moment, that's when that happened. I don't know the date, the time, the hour, but I know in general the event where it happened. Can you look at your life and say, there's a moment in my life when I believe the gospel for the first time. I recognize my sin and my need for a savior and I put my faith in that. Is there a moment when that has happened to you? That is, your, that, that is when you became a Christian. Now, after that's happened, after there's a before Christ, how you met Christ. Now, what is your life like after Christ? What is your life like after Christ? Because uh, testimony is really like a before and after picture, right? It's a before and after picture. When you see a house remodel on Facebook or someplace like that, you think that they show you the before and the after picture. And you should look at those two pictures and think, man, that was a really good upgrade. Sometimes it's not, right? Or or sometimes it looks the same. But really, when you show before and after pictures, you're wanting to show this is what it looked like before and now look how how much better, improved it is, right? Your, Your testimony is like a house remodel or a dieting commercial where you can see the transformation happen. You should be able to point to clear differences between former you and new you. You should be able to look and point out clear differences. I'm not saying you have to point out perfection because it doesn't exist. I'm not saying you have to say, I'm the perfect Christian. But you should be able to look in your life and say, here's how God has provided victory over sin in my life. I used to battle with this sin, but God's given me victory. I'm not saying I'm not tempted, but man, God has given me victory. You should be able to say, I used to have this perspective in life, but now my perspective's changed. I used to have these kind of goals in life, and this is what drove me. But now that drive has changed, right? If there was a picture of your life before Christ sitting right next to a picture of your life after Christ, is there a difference? There should be, right? It doesn't have to, you don't have to be perfect, but there should be a change in your life. So at this point, as we're thinking about the shape of your testimony, does this describe the shape of your life? Is there a moment when you went from being non-Christian to being a Christian? Is there a moment in your life when you went from being an enemy of God to a friend of God? Uh, do you have that moment in your life where you can point back and say, yeah, I was not a Christian, and then this happened. I heard the gospel, I believed it, and now my life looks like this. It, do you have a testimony? And if you can't answer those questions of, this is what my life was like before, this is what I look, This is how I became a Christian when I heard the gospel for the first time and believed it, And now this is what my life looks like after. You don't have a testimony and you need a testimony. Now, uh, let's go through, uh, to end our time together this morning, we're going to look at some tips. I have, I don't know how many I have because they're letters and not numbers. I go all the way from A to I. So however many numbers that is, or or letters that is, that's how many tips I have for you for your testimony. All right, so if you're taking notes, these are going to be some practical tips around forming your testimony. Number one your story is miraculous. Your story is miraculous. The Old Testament Jews saw God do miraculous things over and over and over. Part waters, rain food down from heaven, and still in their hearts there was an unbelieving heart. So when somebody does believe in Jesus, it is a miracle, your salvation story is a miracle that you should not be ashamed of, but you should marvel at. You should look back on your life and think, "Man, I cannot believe God chose to share the gospel with me and bring me into relationship with Him." You should marvel at that, and you should share that because that that story in your life is miraculous. Um, there was a there was a um, there was a uh, a show back in the day. It was a funny show. It was called pimp my ride. Does anybody remember that show pimp my ride? Okay. Got a hand back there. What the story was you brought in your junkie car and these guys that were good at like decorating cars would, um, upgrade your car and you'd walk out with a, a nicer car, right? Pimping your car was making it nicer, right? Um, I've noticed that we can have a tendency as Christians to want to pimp our testimony. And what I mean by that is you want to look at your testimony and make it in some way better, right? Because I can look at my testimony and I think, dude, that's so boring. Like, I was just not a good, I was not a bad kid. Like, I got saved early in life. And I hear other people with these dramatic, or, you know, what I'm calling dramatic testimonies of, all this just really big shift in their life. And I was like, I'm... I wish I had a testimony like that. But you know what that does is one, it minimizes our own sin to make us think that we have smaller sins than other people, which are not is not the truth. And it minimizes how much work Christ had to do to save you. Right? The the the, the kid that's saved in Sunday school as a child is just as much a sinner as the, the murderous drug addict who gets saved in their 50s, right? There's no difference as far as the sin goes. That, that's equally bad um, in the Lord's eyes and equally miraculous that those two types of people would get saved. Your story is miraculous. Second, your story is not about you. Isn't that weird? Your story is not about you. Christ should be the hero of your story. If you share your testimony and you come out on the other side of that testimony looking like the good guy in the story... At best, you need to rethink the way you present your testimony or at worst, you need to rethink if you really have a Christ story or if it's just a story about you, right? Make Christ the hero of your testimony. He's the one that saved you. Remember, just like Paul, you weren't looking for Christ, but Christ came looking for you and invaded your life and your space. He should be the hero of the story, which leads to point number three. Your story is part of God's story. Your story is part of God's story. You are not some isolated, disconnected story that has nothing to do with this book and what God's doing in history. You are part of that story. There was a a church planning movement that that, um, came about in like the 2000s, and they called themselves the Acts 29 ministries, right? And if you're hearing that, you're thinking, wait, there's only... 28 chapters in the book of Acts. Well, their point was, um, we're Acts 29. Not saying they're adding to the Bible, but to say we're the continuation of the story of God working in the world, right? Today, the story of somebody coming to know Christ today is a link at the end of a chain that goes back thousands of years, all the way back to Christ. Your story is part of God's story. So you should be telling it and you should see it as connected to that. Which brings us to our fourth tip here. Fourth, your story is a gospel story. Your story is a gospel story. So it is a good to, idea to include the gospel in your story. As you're thinking about sharing Christ, or share, sharing your testimony of how you became a Christian, you should mention what it is that you came to believe about Christ. Right? You should acknowledge, man, I realize that there's a God that had authority over me. Right? God. I realized that I had chosen to rebel against him. man. I realized that the only way for me to be saved was to trust in Christ, who was God in human form, who died for my sins and rose from the dead. And then I responded to that for faith uh, by turning from my sins and trusting in him. Right, Adding the gospel into your testimony is a good idea because... Just sharing your testimony is not sharing the gospel. But you can include the gospel in your testimony. So it's a good idea to include the gospel in your Christ story. It's a good idea to include some form of invitation into relationship with Christ in your testimony. This happened to me, man. Is that something that you're interested in? Right? That's a small invitation at the end. You can even add scripture into your Christ story. So those are the your story tips. Now these are the B tips, right? Be Short or be brief in your testimony. Um, Sometimes you're not going to have a long time to share your testimony. You don't get 30 minutes or an hour to share your testimony with somebody. So you should have a short form of your testimony that you can share in a minute or two or three. Um, And you can also have a longer testimony, right? Have both of those forms. But in general, you want to be short with your testimony. Also, be specific with your testimony. What I mean by that is you can... In some sense a your story around a theme uh, so for example in my life there's lots of sins that I've committed in my life there's lots of things that I struggled with before Christ and now there's lots of ways Christ has worked in my life after but like I shared with you earlier I tend to point out one big glaring sin in my life which is the self-righteousness that I experienced even as a kid and, and talk about how God delivered me from that self-righteousness in Christ um, that's, in some sense, that's that's adding a theme. I could talk about tons of different sins, but I'm picking that one sin so that I can relate that to people and be specific with that, uh, te- that testimony. So be short, be specific, be honest. Um, talk about how, like we said earlier, you don't need to improve your testimony. Your testimony is good as it is. But also don't make your testimony... Feel like this un, unrealistic picture of what it means to be a Christian. Being Christian is not always um, sunshine and rainbows and flowers, right? Sometimes there's rain clouds in there too. So you can be honest about the difficulties of being a Christian. Being a Christian doesn't make it make life easier. It just allows you to get through that life easier. Uh, another thing, um, this isn't a B one, but um, the, uh, another tip is to avoid Christianese. Do you guys know what I mean by Christianese? It might sound something like this. I was setting amongst the flock on the Lord's day. The spirit was heavy on me. I felt the holy unction to walk the aisle and get washed in the blood of the lamb. Right. If you said that to somebody who's never been to church, they're going to be like, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, what aisle are you talking about? Why are there animals in this story? And why are you ki- like, what is going on? So avoid Christian So instead of saying something like that, you might say, hey, I was hearing somebody talk about God. They're reading from his holy book. And I felt that I had done something wrong against this God and I needed to be forgiven for that. That's going to be a little bit more relatable, just intentionally taking out that Christian ease out of that so it can be relatable. And then a the final tip is this. Practice, practice, practice. You should practice your testimony. You should take time to say, this is my testimony and how can I improve it? How can I um, not, not improve it by add? untruth to it, but improve it to mean how you can share it more fluidly and clearly. So this sermon was really all about preparing us for the upcoming months about how I want us to be intentional in our church this year. I want us to be intentional about sharing our testimonies with one another. I want to include testimonies in Sunday schools, and worship service, community group, members meetings, and other times. So here's the challenge that I want to give you guys uh, over the next... uh, over this next week, okay? Um, Number one is work on your testimony. Number one, work on your testimony. Think through the things that we've talked about today, the before, how, and after. You might even write down your testimony. Um, if if, if If you like writing, I like to write, you can even write it out on paper or type it out on your phone just to where you've actually put it on something and look at it. Uh, If you don't have it or or if you have a testimony, start to sand that testimony and sharpen it and think through it. If you don't have a testimony, come talk to me and we're going to get you one. Right. We're going to talk to you about how you can be a Christian, how you can put your faith in Christ. So work on your testimony. Number two is practice your testimony. Okay, Um, there's somebody in your life that is is more than willing to listen to your testimony. Um, That might be your spouse, your kids, a brother or sister in Christ. Share your testimony with them and practice with them and listen for some feedback, which that's going to take some vulnerability to say, hey, here's my testimony. Share it with them as if you're sharing it with somebody who's never heard and let them give you some feedback. Let them mention, hey, there was a little too much Christianese in there, right, or um, this part was, a this, this detail was a little bit unclear. I didn't get what you meant there. And that can help you to share your testimony. That does take vulnerability and humility, right? To be able to say, here's my story. Um, now tell me how that might not have been at super clear. But all that to say, I want you guys over this next few weeks to start working on your testimony and practicing your testimony so we can start to hear one another and our hearts in that. I want to end this morning with a testimony from... The Bible, from John chapter 9, this is the story of when Jesus healed the blind man. The Pharisees were trying to figure out how this, how this happened because there's this uproar about Jesus, and they go and they start to question the blind man. It says this in John 13, They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made... Uh, the, made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. He does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, well, how can a man who is a sinner do such a sign? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, well, he's a prophet. And the Jews didn't believe that he had been blind or that he had received sight until they called his parents to come and say that he had received sight. They asked him, is, your, is this your son who you say was blind, was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, uh, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes ask him he's of age he will he will speak for himself his parents said these things because they feared the jews for the jews had already agreed if anyone should confess jesus to be christ he had to be put out of the synagogue therefore his parents said ask him he's of age so for the second time they called to the man who had been blind and he said to them they said to him give glory to god we know that this man is a sinner and he answered whether he's a sinner i don't know the one thing I know is that I was blind, and now I see. That really is a testimony of what it means to be a Christian. I was this way, I met Jesus, and now I'm this way. I was blind, and now I see. I want to encourage you guys to start to tell your story, from being, going from being blind to seeing. Let's pray.